Let's turn to the Word of God. We're going to look at Galatians, one of Paul's epistles to the Galatian church, if you want to find that in your Bibles. And our consideration for this evening will be God sent forth his son. God sent forth his son. We're just going to consider a couple of verses, which is very difficult for me because when I open up this letter, I straight away want to read all of it, most certainly all of chapter 3. And then by the time I've got to the end of chapter 3, all of chapter 4. But we're, we're, we're going to just limit this to Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, where it is written... But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made or born of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. I can't really stop there, can I? Verse 6, and because ye are sons, God have sent forth the spirit of his son, into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. I've already told you what Christmas is all about. It, uh, one of the big traditions of Christmas is going for a dip in the sea at Fenella Beach. But what else uh, is Christmas about? It can be about a whole bunch of things. It can be whatever you want it to be. It can mean whatever you want it to mean. For example, Christmas can be a time of receiving presents from Father Christmas, a time for sending and receiving cards, although that's getting pretty expensive now, isn't it? Sending cards by snail mail. Apparently it's over a pound in, in England now, pound twenty or something like that. Crazy prices. But it can be a time of sending and receiving cards. Decorating your home with a Christmas tree, tinsel and lights. We had some lights in our home today, confession. We had some lights up until the cat decided to chew through the wire. That's the end of that. It can be a time of eating turkey, pigs in blankets and mince pies. And of course, you'd think, just in case you thought I forgot, Christmas can be a time of listening to those timeless Christmas hits, such as Bob Geldof and Mitch Ewers' smash hit. Do they know it's Christmas? Feed the world. That reached number one in 14 countries. Also, there's Slade's Merry Christmas, everybody, with those inspiring words. Are you hanging up a stocking on the wall? Are you hoping that the snow will start to fall? And for many, it simply wouldn't be Christmas without, I wish it could be Christmas every day. By Roy Wood and, Roy Wood and Wizard and Wizard. That song has the profound and memorable words, when the snowman brings the snow, well, he just might like to know He's put a big, a great big smile on somebody's face. However, 
if you choose to include Christ in Christmas, then it's as well to understand that baby Jesus, who is often pictured on the front of Christmas cards or represented by a plastic doll at school nativity plays, was born at God's precise time. That's what we're going to really be focusing on this evening, that Jesus was born at God's precise time. Let's have a look at Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. Again. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Although Christmas Day, the 25th of December, is the day that has been set aside to commemorate the birth of Jesus, no one knows with any certainty when Jesus was born. That's not to say that the day when Jesus was born was not and is not important. It is important. It was a day when the angel of the Lord appeared to shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day, in the city of David, a Saviour, which is Christ the Lord. Can you see that by saying, for unto you is born this day, the heavenly messenger was being precise about the time of the birth of Jesus. Jesus was not born on some random day, Rather, his virgin birth was in accordance with God's perfect time. Similarly, in our passage in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4, the Apostle Paul said, God, but when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman. Again, can you see in those words, But when the fullness of the time was come, that there was nothing random about the time of the birth of Jesus. It happened at God's appointed time. We turn again to Galatians chapter 4 in our thoughts, our considerations. Galatians chapter 4 verse 4. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. God sent forth his son. And that speaks of the existence of the Lord Jesus Christ before his miraculous conception and his birth by virtue of the fact that God sent him forth into the world. Other verses of scripture do much the same thing speak of the pre-existence of Jesus. For example, in John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, 
It is written, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Again, the very fact that God sent his Son and that God gave his Son to be the only acceptable sacrifice for sin speaks of the pre-existence of Jesus. And I mentioned it this morning, didn't I? Um, in uh, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 5. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. We see it in the prophecy of, of Isaiah that God gave his son to be a sacrifice for sin. If Jesus already existed before he was born in Bethlehem, then when did, what did, rather, what did Jesus exist as? Now, it may sound like a silly question, but Jesus existed before his virgin birth, because God sent him into the world. But what did he exist as? Did he exist as an angel? Because that is the answer you will get from members of a certain cult. That Jesus existed as an angel. To be precise, he existed as the archangel Michael. But what saith the scriptures? The answer to that one. We can read in John chapter 1. I would invite you to turn to that. Keep your finger in Galatians, but if you want to turn back the pages to John chapter 1, you'll see very clearly some verses about the pre-existence of Jesus. John chapter 1. An easy one to remember. John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. This is the Word. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And then drop down to verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You can see in those verses very clearly the pre-existence of Jesus, that all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. He is the creator God. Try to imagine it. In that little baby who was wrapped in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger dwelt all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. I trust I'm stating the obvious to you here. 
But it's not obvious to all people. I know that. Years ago, I was flabbergasted teaching in a Christian school. And I had this discussion with a, of all people, the RE teacher. And he just laughed at me. When I didn't suggest, I said that in that baby Jesus was all the fullness of the Godhead, the creator God. He wasn't having it. But that's precisely what we need to understand and appreciate something of that, the, the, the little baby who was laid in a manger. In him dwelt all the fullness of God bodily. Someone whose experience it was not only to imagine but quite literally to behold with his eyes and hold in his hands the Son of God manifest in a little baby was a man called Simeon in the temple in Jerusalem. When baby Jesus was presented at the temple, Simeon held Jesus and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word for mine eyes have seen thy salvation Simeon held God manifest in the flesh in his hands his eyes beheld him baby Jesus the saviour of the world Our third consideration here is that Jesus came to redeem them that were under the law. Again, let's have a look at verse 4 and 5 in Galatians chapter 4. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. This is, you can see in that, that this is where we get to the why. Why did God, in the fullness of time, precisely at the right time, because it was God's time, why did he send forth his son into the world, born of a woman? And the answer is to redeem them that were under the law. For one thing, the Bible tells us that we are all sinners. Every one of us is a sinner. To sin means to transgress or to break God's laws. So if we are sinners, that means we've broken God's laws. And the fact that we've broken God's laws must mean that we are ourselves under God's law, whether we like it or not. You've got Psalm 2 where the rulers of the world and the people say, let us break their bands asunder concerning God and concerning his Christ. Let us break the bands asunder. Let us cast their cords away from us. They think that they're breaking free from God. And this is the attitude of the world, to break free of God. But that's not the case. Whether they like it or not, whether people like it or not, we are all under God's law. Everyone. And God has written the work of his law into our hearts. That's why we have a conscience that either accuses us or else it excuses us when we do something wrong. 
or don't do, as the case may be. Our conscience can be seared to varying degrees, but we have a conscience all the same. So, whether we like it or not, we are all born under subjection to God's laws, which you have broken, which I have broken, and we're accountable to God for our transgressions. God's law places on all of us a duty to love him with our entire being, with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul, with all our strength. Is there anyone in here that has ever done that? I certainly haven't. And God's law places upon us a duty to love our neighbour as ourselves. We're all guilty of breaking these two laws. The thing is, we've all failed miserably to do according to God's law. And as I've already said, you are accountable to God. However, there is good news. In fact, it is the very best news that you will ever hear. God sent forth his son into the world to redeem or to set at liberty sinners like you and like me. Again, let's have a look at these verses, verse 4 and 5. We're going to look at them so many times. You're going to have those verses written indelibly in your minds and in your hearts. 4 and 5. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Although the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, is infinitely greater than Mary, his mother, and he is above any law, because he is the creator God, he nevertheless came into the world born of a woman and born under the law. That's so important to realise that Jesus was came into this world in subjection to the law. Just like you and me. And being born of a woman like us, being under the law, the same as all of us are, under subjection to the law. Jesus, unlike us, he perfectly kept God's law on behalf of all of you who are trusting in him. At the cross, Jesus redeemed you from the curse of the law that you have broken, being made a curse for you. He redeemed you, you who trust in him. And where there is redemption, there is a ransom price to be paid. You have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of all your sins. Consequently, the blood of Christ which was the ransom price that was paid, has set you free to serve the crucified and risen Saviour. Furthermore, 
You have received God the Holy Spirit who indwells you and who testifies or bears witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. It doesn't get any better than that. Knowing Jesus as your saviour, as your redeemer and knowing and addressing God as your father. I can't think of anything better than that. To know that Jesus has redeemed me with his own precious blood. Set me free. He has paid the price in full at the cross. And that's why he came into the world. God sent forth his son. Made of a woman. Made under the law. To redeem them that were under the law. You just have to ask your question. Does that include you? We're all made under the law. But have you been redeemed by Jesus? Did he take himself upon himself the curse of a broken law in your place as your substitute sin bearer on that cross? Did he shed his blood? Because we're told in the Bible we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. In closing, by all means enjoy the, fest- the festivities that are associated with this time of the year. But most of all, by far most important, is that you repent and be baptised, knowing that acknowledging your sins before God Believing that when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem you, you who have broken God's law. And Jesus has done so. He has redeemed you, not with silver and gold, but with his own precious blood. Amen. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Amen.